0: This is the Changemaker Forum Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode number nine of the Changemaker Forum Podcast. My name is Jeremy Brown, founder of Startups Give Back, and your host for today's episode. In this episode, Terry Green, executive director and founder of Think Make Live, joins the show. If you're looking for a truly inspirational story, this is the episode for you. Terry has gone through things in life that are tough. At an early age, he was incarcerated. But through determination and grit, he completely transformed his life. He started Think Make Live in 2015, as you'll hear about in a quick second. And through that, He has changed the lives of countless people. He's helping them avoid the things that he went through at an early age. So sit back, buckle up. You're in for a real treat with this episode. Terry, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thank you for having me.
0: Uh, My pleasure. So before we get into Think Make Live... What I would really like to do, and I think it's really important uh, that the folks who do listen to this podcast hear your story, uh, because it's, one, it's one, a story of inspiration and determination, and I think really everyone should hear you know how you got to the point of creating Think, Make, Live. So could you give me an overview, uh, a background of your own life, the things that you experienced, up to the point where you created Think, Make, Live?
1: Yeah, uh, Thank you, Jeremy. Um, well, first off, I would say that I was born. In the 80s, uh, 1988, with a mother really young and a father young too. And um, at a point in time, you know, they couldn't hold up the responsibility. And they ended up giving me to my great grandmother, who was born in 1932, who raised me up to the age of about 11, 12 years old when I moved to Columbus with my mother. Uh, Of course, that was a culture shock for me, Uh, moving from Toledo, Ohio, living with my great grandmother, born and raised in old morals and ethnics and, you know, washing the floor with your hands and your knees and sweeping the floor and just all those good things. And and she was involved in church. Uh, She was actually the lead nurse for her church. Married to a man over forty years, raised over twenty kids. Wow! And then I moved to Columbus uh, with my mother, still young, you know, still um, doing her thing, I should say. And about, I think it was my uh, sophomore year in high school, my mother was um, incarcerated, and I was about fifteen years old. And at the time, I uh, I was homeless. Uh, homeless youth, disconnected from my father, and and my mother incarcerated. So I ended up living with my best friend, uh, my brother, I should say, from another, right? (laughs) Um, And I I moved in with his grandmother, who was a foster care um, mother, and she took me and my little sister in. I was 15. My sister was 13. Uh, I ended up, you know, staying there. My sister, little sister, ended up moving with one of my older sisters, and for me, it was a as a shift in my life, a shift of uh, understanding of responsibility at a, at a young age, and and thinking about, you know, survival, you know, and thinking about the development of what is manhood. At fifteen, I was thinking about paying bills and responsibility. So I ended up getting involved into drug activity, selling drugs and and gang activity. And I watched my best friend lose his life to gun violence 10 years ago. It was August 30th, 2008. Uh, He got shot and um, they rushed him to the hospital and he had to go through these surgeries for almost twelve days, where they amputated his foot, amputated his leg to his hip bone, he was twenty I was nineteen years old, and to experience that that trauma of watching him lose limbs of his body from a twenty two bullet shot that put an infection in his bloodline at the age of nineteen years old, I really didn't know what I was experiencing. On August 30th, we came into the hospital and they asked us, they had to take him off of antibiotics. They opened a curtain, closed the curtain, took him off the antibiotics, and within minutes, he was pronounced dead. We lay and sit in that room, moored over his body for almost two hours until he turned cold pale. Six months after that, I was sentenced to serve four years in prison. Walking inside a prison is what they considered the statistics of society. A young Black male that was disconnected from a father, living in an impoverished community, with a mother that was struggling with drugs, and also affected by the justice system. A young Black male who dropped out of school with no form of high school diploma, now incarcerated for four years, sentenced for drug possession and drug trafficking. I was 20 years old when I walked out of prison, and I told myself, you know, I want something different out of my life. I don't want to be there like my brother, and I don't want to be in this situation ever again within 90 days i got my ged within 180 days i was a college student working on my small business management degree in my incarceration i walked in as is what they consider a statistic and, and walked out with over 25 college credits including some college credits from Ohio state university i took a, a program offered by Ohio State called the Inside Out Prison Exchange Program. I got out of prison six months early to a halfway house and in that halfway house experience I got introduced to a program called Youth Build. And in Youth Build, I took that program while I was living in the Halfway House. During the daytime I would go to Youth Build, work on leadership development, professional development, career development and in the evening, I will go to the halfway house, In about March 2013, I was fully released, sentence free, and about a few months later, in June 2013, I graduated from YouthBuild and was then nominated to be on the first national council for Youthville USA. To focus on the issues of court-involved youth and justice-involved youth, and hearing the voices of those young people, creating strategies and solutions to support their peers and also their se- other and also themselves. Right? Um, and so, in 2015, that was a, a transformational year for me. Um, it was a year of perseverance, a year of um, a lot of transgression, right? Uh, I found myself working in a warehouse job um, at the beginning of the year, living with my aunt um, in a low-income apartment. She had kids. I had a car that was barely working. It didn't have no radio. <laughs> <laughs> it was snowing outside. And, you know, I received a call from the professor, um, and she asked me to, Come tell my story at Ohio State University for a senior humanities class with two college professors and a TA. And of course, she knew my living situation. She knew a lot of you know personal situations because she is a form of a mentor to me. Uh, but I took on the challenge and I I, I developed a twenty-minute PowerPoint presentation called Think Make Live in two thousand and fifteen, and that presentation. I, I I talked about how I thought about a change in my life when I walked inside the prison and I thought about, you know, overcoming self awareness, self doubt, self stress and building self courage, self love and self care for myself. And then making an the action by applying myself to different programs and different different avenues outside of what I know should get me to live a change and sustain so that I can be able to build other leaders for my transgression. And so that 20-minute presentation, to me, my brother, it turned into this thing like, OK, let me see if I can do a presentation again. And so I started about six months later, I started inviting people to the library and just started doing this think, like live thing. And then 2016, about a year later, um, I met with a graphic design guy with one of my graphic designer that I've been working with for a while, he um, developed a logo for me in 2016. And that's when I developed a business model and registered Think Make Live LLC as a for-profit company. And our for-profit company is a social justice consulting firm that provides innovative strategies to support returning citizens and opportunity youth within the community and the workforce. And we found out that with that work of the consultant, we were doing some nonprofit work. So I was doing a lot of different nonprofit work with our events. And so we built a a partnership with a local church, a personal local church, um, to be able to receive grants and donations and sponsorships for our events. And so the aha moment for me came to build the nonprofit was last year in 2017. So December 1st, 2017, I developed Think Make Live Youth, Mm. which is our community nonprofit. And our mission is to provide innovative leadership and civic engagement programs to support opportunity youth through our direct services to the young people. And so now I operate a social justice consulting firm from a 20-minute presentation amazing that happened in 2015, you know. Uh, and so that's, you know, that's where I'm at now. And for me, just recently, I guess one of the biggest accomplishments I have to say is that I just recently got a- appointed to uh, serve a three-year term with the Supreme Court of Ohio on the Subcommittee of Child Abuse, Neglect, and Dependency. So for me, my brother, my life in in less than 10 years, I have experienced prison and been incarcerated through so a full transformation to now I am at the table making legislation and law.
0: That is amazing. Now, this is the second time that I heard this story. I mean, you know, when you and I first got connected, it was through a platform called Sky's the Limit. And for, you know, folks who don't know what Sky's the Limit is, basically, it's a platform that enables uh, people who want to become advisors or mentors. Um, and it basically pairs them with uh, entrepreneurs who are looking for advisors and mentors. Uh, but Terry, when you and I first got connected months back and you told me that story, it, it's every time I hear it, I I get <laughs> more and more amazed. It's like, you know, it's it's you've gone through things in your life that so many people don't come back from. And you know that you know firsthand the statistics, right? You know, the, the folks who do go into prison and then get out, a lot of them do go back into the prison system. So I'm wondering from your perspective, you know, what was different about your experience? Was it, you knew that you wanted more for your life going into that situation, or was it more of a learning process of, you know, getting incarcerated and basically learning over time and that learning process then developed um, your, your kind of uh, insati- insatiable hunger to want something better for your life?
1: Yeah, to me, I, I believe it was a learning process For me, just the real real life experience, right? Because I can't even fathom to myself now at the age of 15 of how I was living. I can talk about those stories with those people that I grew up with in that situation. I think to myself, like, wow, you know, I was 15 years old, really living like I was almost 25, right? And for me, I was just going with the flow with it, you know? once my brother died it was to us the typical what we consider gang right so out of it three of us went to prison one got murdered and the other one was strung off a heroin before the age of 30. and so to me i was going with the flow of it and i believe that well everybody knows that I'm always was this smart one, right? I was always. It was just something in me. Even when I was in school, I was, you know, three point eight, four point oh grade point average. People that I used to go to high school with, but when you you're intelligent, but you're affected by trauma, you're affected by real life situations and real life experience. Sometimes you, you find yourself in situations that you never know you can you can be in and. You still find yourself to be smart enough to, to get yourself through it. And this is the obstacles that I've made for myself to overcome, I should say, was from just my experiences through my environment and the environments that I was in and the people that I was connected with. One thing for me through my change and transformation is knowing that there were some people that I had to be distanced from. You know, family members that are toxic you know, family members and friends that you truly love and care about, and 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 that's hard because people don't understand that when you say that to certain people, their family is the most closest thing that they got. And for me, I found in this journey that I have built a strong relationship with people that have never even been blood or kin to me, that have supported me to put me. In the places that I am now, and expose me to opportunities.
0: To me, that's a sign of maturity, um, and and basically an evolution of a human being. You know, it's and it's you're just you're it you're super self aware. Is is the best way I can put that? You know, you understand. You know, and like you said, it, it's hard cutting people out of your life. You know that that are close to you. Uh, it's hard, but at the end of the day. You know, if they're dragging you down, there's nowhere else to go but down. So, in order to take yourself to the next level and to elevate yourself, you do have to be around people who are doing the right things and who are enriching your life in a positive way. Right. So now, I'm, right. So now I'm curious. So you've been doing uh, Think, Make, Live since 2015. What are some of the lessons that you've learned? Basically, starting a company and growing it.
1: Um, well, lessons that I've learned is slow down. I mean, I'm a I'm a I'm really a fast networker. So that's the thing about me is I'm a, a networker, and sometimes I build so much in my network that I get a little overwhelmed. So finding myself to slow down and really channel my lane, right? And I realized at the beginning of it, I wanted to do so much with Think Make Live at the beginning that building it out, some of the components that I wanted to do at the beginning will be a part of Think Make Live. But understanding that I have to slow down and realize what can be done now and what I can be working towards to build, right? But so I think that that was one of my challenges for me is that slow down, speed it in dollars because I'm a mover in and though I would connect people together to make things happen. And I planted some good seeds. Um, before Think Make Leaves came about, I had this project that I wanted to do around, um, you know, building these transformational homes, empowerment homes and these homes We'll connect young people that are coming from the justice system into a, a safe positive community living environment because some of the young people on some challenges that they're leaving from incarceration and going back into the same not only environment as far as the community but an environment as far as the intoxic in the house right and so that was one of my first visions. And I was sitting people at the table and realized that 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 was kind of too big for me at the beginning. Um, And it was just so many things that I needed to learn. And so I think for me, slowing down and really pacing yourself and really having a strategic plan and really putting that solid infrastructure in and then the strategic plan comes along the way.
0: That's so important. Because I feel like, you know, when you first start whether it's a nonprofit or for profit, especially if it's your first time starting something, you get so excited. And I know that I went through that process too. I get so excited, and you have so many ideas that you want to see uh, basically come to fruition. You know, I experienced the same thing: is is having to slow down and really think through what are the most important things that you can do now. You know, what's what's in your realm of uh, what's in what's in the scope? What's what's what are you able to do now? Uh, you know, what the resources that you have and then, the, you know, all the ideas that you can't get to that can come down the, down the road, but it's important, like you said, to lay that strong foundation or that infrastructure to then start building upon. Cause if you don't have that strong foundation, you know, everything that you try to create, it's basically on quicksand, right? It's going to eventually sink. So having that strong, strong foundation is extremely important. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So now we transition to, so we talked about the lessons that you've learned. What are you most proud of?
1: I, I mean, for me, it's sustaining, right? Because doing this work in the beginning is a lot of service and there's no pay. And and for some people like me that do a lot of service with no pay, people think I'm crazy, right? Because that's the first thing they ask is like, what, how, what's in it for me? was tapped in it and i'm proud of myself to keep going to keep going even even when there was times that i just did it because to deliver the message and sometimes i still do you know because for me i I believe it's, it's my legacy that matters i tell myself this if i die tomorrow at least I know everybody's going to have a thick-backed clear shirt on. <laughs> right? <And laughs> I know it's a joke, but to me, I, it's leaving that legacy that matters. And I'm proud of myself for continuing to stick in Even through my my downfalls, I am not perfect at all. There's been a whole lot of things throughout these couple of years that I've not done right. And for me to still I mean um and stand up is is, it it takes perseverance you know it it truly does because as a leader it's very rare that i get filled uh, because i find myself pouring out so much and people are expecting me to pour out so yeah that's that's what i'm proud of is, is the
0: sustainability amazing well, for my own experience, you know I know that the more you put out, the more you pour out, the more you give back so you know and I know big things are are just off the horizon for you. One question that i I enjoy asking social entrepreneurs is this one you know as it relates to your own experiences, as it relates to your work with think make live, what is one problem in the world that you believe is worth solving, and why
1: oh the problem that I believe is worth solving, is reducing the number of young people in America that are disconnected from employment and disconnected from educational services between the ages of 16 to 24 years old. Statistics say that there are over 4 million young people between the ages of 16 to 24 years old in America who's disconnected. And how do we reconnect them to the opportunities they need so that they can be successful and so that they can tap into America's economy?
0: Is that something you're taking on through Think Make Live, uh, trying to give young people more opportunities?
1: The local statistics, out of that 4 million, and don't quote me, because we have been reducing, so we might be a little, a little down. We might be in like three-eighths. But that number, in Franklin County, we have over 20,000 young people who's disconnected just in my local county. So we're trying to figure out strategies and systems to get them reconnected to opportunities as far as employment, as far as education. So what we do is we partner with colleges, such like Ohio State. We're in the process of building a student organization at Ohio State, Um, partner with Otterbein University. And then we also partner with community organizations and schools, local nonprofits that are directly connected to to be able to create innovative strategies and events and programs to connect them to the sources, and so with understanding that there's 20,000 disconnected, our organization is developing uh, a youth council that's going to have a, a, a top up to 15 young leaders that's going to sit on the council that will represent the whole. Franklin County, and our organization is going to try to mobilize, where we are, excuse me, we are going to mobilize over 400 young people in that demographic.
0: And I know, so, you know, before... So that's moving the numbers. <laughs> yeah, that's moving the numbers. You know, that's that's positive, it's going in a positive direction. You know, before we started the podcast, uh, you and I were chatting, and I mentioned that I've been following you on, you know, on social media, and and seeing a, a tremendous amount of progress on your end. I think, you did, if correct me if I'm wrong, but you had an event this morning, correct?
1: Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. I just had an event, a speaking engagement. We did, we spoke at a, a men's leadership graphics
0: So, what other types of events do you put on? You know, and and you know, walk me through some of the events that you do with the youth as well.
1: Yeah, so um, I, can, I just, can I just give you a little rundown on how my week went? Because I did a lot this week. <laughs> I actually was in a prison. I was in a women's prison. Um, I think we started off, that's off on Tuesday. And so I'm in partnership, and I'm alumni from Inside Out Prison Exchange Program. So I go and to various prisons uh, throughout the state of Ohio, locally and also nationally. I've been in a few prisons this year. Um, and so going in there and, and listening to the women's story who's incarcerated and listening to different authors who are creating strategies to support those young women and me being there, I, I've spoke there before, but being able to experience that, so we do a lot of different work in different prisons and different juvenile detention centers. And so we call this work our intervention work. So mm-hmm. intervention is more of... Um, stepping aside of the incarceration situation and providing a different uh, opportunity or service or program and being a resource for them when they get out. And then our prevention work um, is where we're doing a lot of the work and events in the community. So we do an annual youth summit where we're bringing young people together to empower them as they're going back to school. Um, we do an annual civic engagement forum where we have a discussion with local officials and candidates who's running for office, and youth carry on the whole dialogue. They talk about issues within the community and they raise up issues and ask the uh, politicians to be able to create strategies to be able to support the young people. Uh, we also do open mic nights. So yeah. we about to do an open mic called Speak Your Mind Tuesdays. Speak Your Mind Tuesdays is an open mic experience that allow you to speak your mind through a short speech spoken words, song, or whatever is on your mind. Speak Your Mind Tuesdays. So we do Speak Your Mind Tuesdays. Um, Our next Speak Your Mind Tuesday is October the 16th. I'm super excited. I'm in the process of getting uh, a speaker for that. We also do youth empowerment sessions. So we just did a youth empowerment session yesterday. We partner up with the Columbus uh, Metropolitan Housing Authority and we go to their housing communities and provide a youth empowerment session for the youth ages 10 to 17 years old, providing snacks, free pizza, all different speakers coming out, t-shirts, raffle prizes, uh, and just to create knowledge in, so that they can learn and, and, and learn on social and emotional competency. Um, what else do we do? We do resource fairs. We're in the process of creating some more resource fairs of connecting colleges. Uh, and, and high school students together, so high school students can be exposed to um, the college opportunities, uh, small college opportunities, and larger co- opportunities, and also college uh, scholarship opportunities too. So we're in the process of developing uh, a partnership with a few local colleges
0: uh, here in Columbus. Okay, amazing.
1: And, that, and that's the empowerment work. So the empowerment work is the last work, and that's um, where we're empowering um young college students that have the passion to work in social justice and social services so providing internship opportunities for college students we um, have an internship for paid internship and also like a volunteer internship so we receive funding from a national entity called opportunity youth united to do our civic engagement outreach and so we have built um, a partnership with them to be able to develop the youth council that i was talking about so our youth council we're in private uh, Excuse me. We're in the process of piloting that soon, uh, coming up in January. We're just putting everything together and building our partnerships right
0: now. Awesome. Let me ask you a quick question. So, you know, you do a lot of work with youth, and you know, obviously, you've been going down this path of social, social entrepreneurship. If one of the youth came to you and asked, "Hey, Terry, you know, can you give me some advice?" on starting my own um, social enterprise, what type of advice would you give them?
1: First, I, I, mean, first I would ask them what, what were they trying to open up, right? I want to talk to them because there's different ways of how what you want to do and how you want to open up. But the reason why I say that, because you got to have a plan, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't just go in and say, hey, I got this idea, and I want to do this. Let me just try to jump in. You really have to have a plan. Um, And I realized that with organizations with any corporation, any entities, restaurant, you're dealing with people, right? Um, And people are very important. To me, I'm all about making sure my clients is happy. And so if you're thinking about that, you got to think about creating a plan to provide a great service, product, or idea to people.
0: So, where does Think Make Live go from here? Or is there anything that's coming out in the pipeline uh, that you're exci- that excited uh, about and are able to share publicly?
1: Well, yeah, I can't share, but my book is in the process right now of, of getting finished, uh, and we'll be releasing my book pretty soon. So, I'll be having a, a book tour locally and also nationally because I have some national partners that will do a book tour for me book release so and my book is called Think Make Live Breaking Statistical Barriers and I'll talk about a glimpse of my story in my life and the transgression of my life and then I have some interviews from social, social justice warriors uh, some empowerment test interviews
0: when your book comes uh, out you, you, I said when your book comes out definitely let me know so I can get my hands on it <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, you're definitely going to have a, a copy. and It is going to be signed,
0: too. I was going to say, yeah, you better sign it. <laughs> I'm excited about that. That's that's super exciting. Congratulations on that process. Cause, you know, writing a book isn't easy. So the simple fact that... Yeah.
1: You Telling your story isn't easy. It's Telling your story isn't easy. And it's the people that... Because we all have one, right? We all have the story of something that, you know, we have to overcome and we have to persevere. We, it's some challenge, right, in our lives some obstacle and if, if our life is just too perfect then I'm sorry, there's some things that we you know that we all have to go through in life and to me I feel like um persevering through some of the things that about I went through is just a beacon of hope to say that another person can. Another and that's what I wanna die and live my life on and say that. And so I'm a, I'm a I'm I'm excited. I, I truly appreciate you for your time. Um, excuse me, I have a a big traveling coming up, so I can't say that if you want to talk about Think, Make, Live coming up, I will be in Florida next Monday, in just a couple of days, I'll be in Orlando speaking for a workforce development conference, um, providing two workforce development trainings um, in that conference, and I'm excited to, to be doing that work, and then I'll be in Aspen. I'm going out to Aspen, Colorado, to be a part of a community forum. Then I'll be in New York for the 40th uh, anniversary of celebration of Youth Bill USA. Um, then I'll be in Pennsylvania for the 2018 Fall Leadership Conference with the Pennsylvania State of Association of Buries. Um And then I'll be in Louisville, Kentucky, for the CCRY national networking meetings. Um, then I'll be in New Jersey. I got a whole lot. My travel is like <laughs> crazy. And this is all before 2018 is over with my brother. Like When I say I do this national work, I'm doing it because I'm building connections national through my social consulting firm that eventually think, make, live will have community social justice centers all over the nation will have these community social justice centers. And I'll tell you more detail about the centers later on, but these centers are going to be changing and saving young people's lives every day.
0: So where can people learn more about Think, Make, Live as well as you?
1: Well, they can uh, visit my website uh, at www.think make org, or they can vi- visit the youth website at org.
0: Right on. Terry, I appreciate you joining me. Thank you for jumping on on the show. Uh you're, you know, like I said from you know the very beginning, your story is very powerful. It's very inspiring, and I know it'll it'll help a lot of people who are going through their own trials and tribulations. So, you know, thank you for the time. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you for having me. And tell everyone to always remember to think change, make change, live change right now, today, for a better tomorrow. Think, make, live.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Changemaker Forum podcast. I hope you got a lot of value out of this episode. If you did, it would be amazing if you shared it on your favorite social network, whether that's LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or something else. So with that being said, stay tuned for the next episode.